0: I tell you what, this feast has got a bunch of names. Sukkot is the Hebrew name for it in the Bible. Uh, feast of Tabernacles or booths—it's got a bunch of little things like that. So, uh, but ultimately, it's about dwelling with God. That's cool, huh? Yeah. So not only is Emmanuel here, but there's coming a day. So. The Feast of Tabernacles has been held for the last seven days. Everyone packed up their booths and tent yesterday. If you you have any connection with people in Israel, they were all cleaning things up yesterday in the afternoon as the seventh day ended and the eighth day today, the great day began. Of all the biblical feasts, I got to say, Tabernacles or Sukkot is the one Christians seem to know least about and many of the jews around the world who celebrated are engaged in more of a street party you know they kind of (laughs) missed the whole point too but what's amazing is how it relates to the rest of the feast in the end times and since sukkot is about the thousand-year reign of christ which most of us are going, I got no idea what that's about. Well, it helps us unpack some really difficult parts of the book of Revelation. So that's a real bonus. And let me just tell you, there's never been a question that's gone all over the place and debated. And if you've ever wondered or debated with anyone, what happens to us when we die as Christians? We know our bodies are buried or something happens, bodies, but... Where do our souls go? Do we, mm. Is it directly to heaven, as some verses seem to imply? Or are we in the grave or we in Jesus in some temporary location where our bodies will be changed in an instant? Well, as it happens, there is an answer for that, and it's in the Feast of Tabernacles. In fact, the whole feast is literally the answer to those questions, which I think is pretty cool because, you know, even through my... Uh, long journey as a Christian I have looked at the scriptures over and over mm. and over and uh, this was fine. I finally got this Cha-ching! I went oh <laughs> okay so we're going to discover God's idea of a camping trip why we're commanded to rejoice and to give how to celebrate the feast the prophetic aspects of it the power behind the name Yeshua where it fits in the end times how to make sure you have enough oil as we encounter the heart of Jesus in a brand new way the uh, spring and fall feasts are shadows and types of Jesus who fulfilled the spring feasts when he died at Passover. He rose three days later on the barley harvest festival called First Fruits, which is part of the seven day feast of unleavened bread. You got to remember all that because he then walked with the disciples until he ascended on day 40, and then 10 days later poured out the Holy Spirit from heaven on the wheat harvest festival called. Pentecost. You get this theme that there's harvest festivals? Mm-hmm. That is correct. He also partially fulfilled the fall feasts at his first coming because he was born on Rosh Hashanah. 30 days later, he came out of the desert to begin, well, not 30, actually 30 years later, not 30 days, that'd be a short journey. 30 years later, he came out of the desert to begin his earthly ministry on Yom Kippur, and John described Jesus' as time on earth in John one fourteen like this, and the word became flesh and dwelt Among us, and we Mm -hmm. beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, that word dwelt is equivalent to Sukkot. So you can say he became flesh and tabernacled, feasted (laughs) among us. Jesus will fully fulfill the fall feast at his second coming. Now, I believe all seven of the feasts have a part to play in the end times, so it's worthy of study. And that's part of what we'll look at today. Tabernacles seems to be an equivalent to the spring feast of unleavened bread, but it's almost the opposite of it. Both of them begin on the 15th day of the month and last for seven days. Mm. But in the spring, Passover becomes a day before to so total eight days of the festival. So, yeah, you know, one day and then seven days when you fast from leaven. In the fall, Tabernacles is the third and final harvest festival. This one's for fruit, and it goes on for seven days and then a special. Today, eighth day. So it's kind of opposite. Mm. And it's got very unique aspects. It's called the Great Day. Passover is a pretty great day, but this is called the Great Day. All the days you feast, celebrate, and give offerings to God and others. So that's interesting. All right, so let's break it down. What's this all about? Let's read Leviticus 23, see Mm. what God told the Israelites to do at the Feast of Tabernacles. Yehovah told Moses, "For seven days, everyone must celebrate the Festival of Shelters in honor of Me, your Tabernacles or booths. No one is to do any work on the first day of the festival. It's a time when everyone must come together for worship. You begin the Festival of Tabernacles after you harvested your crops. You pick the best fruit from your trees. You cut leafy branches to use during the joyous celebration in My honor. For seven days, every Israelite must live in a shelter called a sukkah." So future generations will know that. I made their ancestors live in shelters when I brought them out of Egypt. For seven days, sacrifices must be offered on the altar. The eighth day is also to be a day of complete rest. So today, the great day is a day of rest. This is the feast all of Israel looks forward to all year long. Just called the feast. I mean, it's that exciting. It was a harvest festival to celebrate the completion of the agricultural year. Henceforth, the idea, you're resting from all your labor, right? hmm Specifically, the seven species. You had barley in the spring, wheat and grapes in the summer. All the sweet fruit in the fall is pomegranates, figs, dates, palms, and olives. That's the seven. You build this flimsy sukkah, uh, testifies that our safety and stability comes from God's care. hmm so again, we're spending time with God, but he's the one taking care of us. They'd remember the exodus, the tabernacle where God would meet Moses. Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah the days of awe, and the day of atonement had all passed. So all the repentance and judgment was behind them. It was good times. Their sins were <laughs> atoned. Now they'd spend a week celebrating life with them during the Feast of Tabernacles. They'd construct that sukkah, a lean-to or a hut, a tent, where they eat their meals together. Essentially... It's anything they could build to create shade for themselves. It was intentionally flimsy, but still safe, to show that it was temporary. They decorated with this beautiful foliage and left room in the ceiling to be able to see the stars at night. Essentially, they went camping. I know you laughed when I said camping with God. But no, I, I like that a lot. It was a deal. <laughs> I mean, I'm going camping with God. Well, because when you think about the the housing like you're describing it, Camping is a good image there, yeah. Needless to say, (laughs) kids love this festival. So sleeping in a sukkah was optional, but eating together in it was crucial. Building sukkahs wasn't just for this festival. It's what Jonah built to sit in as he waited to see what would come of Nineveh. In fact, if you read the Hebrew, it says Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. He's mad, of course. Mm -hmm. There he made himself a shelter, a sukkah, sat in a shade and wanted to see what would happen to the city. So, there's this fascinating picture of the saints, us, who deserve judgment but are spared because they repented. Their hope is not in the lives they lived, obviously, but in the God who is sustaining them in their temporary sukkah. So, it's just one thing after another that this, this feast is so amazing. And uh, we're going to break that down. We're going to talk about joy. Mm. Joy, 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 next. Down in my heart. Yeah. Down in my heart. Well, you know, every time that we get into these discussions, I'm thinking, man, this is some great stuff, man. This one's really deep, and then this one sounds like it's the deepest of all of them. There's so much going on here. Well, because <laughs> there's so much unknown for us. Yeah. when We read. I mean, if you read about, the, if, if you ask anyone, tell me about the millennium, the thousand-year reign of Christ. Ah, glazed it over, is. Yeah. Yeah. Long pause. No answer. <laughs> that's that's why this one is going to blow your mind because wow. yeah. so many of the aspects of everything else come together and go, oh. It's starting to make sense. Well, I'm looking forward to God's idea of a camping trip and (laughs) all that's going to come with this Feast of Tabernacles teaching here with Ray Haynes. And uh, we know that you are as well because that other than Dr. Mark Rutland, I think the thing that is mentioned the most by people that make comments online when they give is they love the teachings on the feasts that you get to bring and that we get the privilege of being part of.